Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. We all know that having diverse voices at the table is how you deliver the best business results for a business. And one of the things that brings me the most joy as a leader is seeing what happens when you do that. The most obvious places that you would look is to make sure that you've got racial diversity, that you've got gender diversity on that team. But, you know, I think work styles, life experiences, Bringing people together from diverse backgrounds, it's how you make business run and deliver results. And it's also how you bring happiness and joy into the workplace. So it's such a critical element of any leadership role. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofstetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. you built your whole career while having young kids. Is that accurate? Well, considering I started having kids at 12, absolutely. <laughs> Not terribly far after. If I would have told you that I had a plan, I'd be completely lying. I started having kids when I was so young that I did not realize how hard it would be to have kids and balance a career. I also didn't know that I necessarily have a career. So when you like wake up one morning and you're like, I don't know, 30, a homeowner with two kids and like running a big portion accountability. And then you get a call that your kid has lice. Like it's not the end of the world, but it's something where you have to drop what you're doing and you can't delegate that job to somebody else. What on earth am I going to do now? You're in a meeting and it's not just having kids. It's life. Life gets in the way, but you know what that's like. Yeah, but I wouldn't say I'm a good example of anything when it comes to this. So I'm curious, like, you have young kids, your career is accelerating. How did you figure out how to stay connected to both your career and your children? Terribly. I did an absolutely terrible job. But that's my own. That's the combination of Jewish guilt and mother guilt and outside family pressure, not even inside family pressure. 
think one of the biggest challenges that I had was that there were like norms that were foisted upon me when my kids were younger, which by the way, is like 20 years ago, which is just so mind-blowingly bananas. My kids are 24 and 22 now. The whole idea that you always needed to be in two, two to five places at once based on various work, home commitments, not to mention taking care of yourself, like self-care was just not even a thing. So when I talk to people today and they talk about conflicting priorities, like, you know, back to work, for example, and I'm like, really? I'm empathetic to a high degree, but I think I probably spend a big portion of my kids' earlier years feeling like I was never doing enough either at home or at work until I don't even remember who it was had given me this idea. There were a few different thoughts. One was what's right for right now. And those can be very different things from what's right for tomorrow or what was right for yesterday. And it's not a matter of always being able to know what the right choice is, but you have to kind of make these gut choices in the moment. And the whole concept of work-life balance is not really a thing. It's more of a series of choices and keeping your North Star straight. I don't think I ever was able to do what our guest today has articulated, which is releasing the guilt. When Sarah said that today, I was like, oh, I wish somebody had said that to me 20 something years ago. Just release the guilt. That was like a mental game changer for me. And the kind of authenticity that she was bringing to the conversation today, maybe want to have a do-over. But I mean, how often do we want that, Rage? Well, you're in for a real treat. We're about to bring on Sarah Travis, who is the president of Roundell. If you don't know what Roundell is, you actually do. It's Target's retail media group that they call Roundell. And Sarah is going to give her her take on work-life balance as a executive working mother and overall parent, as well as what's happening in the space of retail media. So let's bring Sarah onto the show. Another Sarah. Are we going into like another zone here? What's going on? I am so excited to have you, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. We have been eagerly awaiting this episode, and I know our audiences too. You've got such an interesting story yourself as an individual, as well as what you're doing at Roundell. And we really want to kind of get into the nitty gritty of it, shall we? We should do it. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's go. All right. Well, first, let's take a, a quick trip down memory lane. So before you joined Roundell, you spent 13 years at Google, which is super impressive. What makes you decide to take the leap from Google, which was transformative in its own right, mm -hmm. to Roundell, which is transformative in its own right, but very big switch, very big switch. Tell us about what went into your head as you were considering that. It is a big switch. Yeah. And it's been an amazing run over the past couple of years being at Roundell. And I also had a really incredible run at Google, like you said, 13 years. And when I reflect back on that time, so I started back in 2007 as an MBA intern and then joined Google full-time in 2008. And when I think back, like 2007, 2008 doesn't feel that long ago, but in Google years, it is a lifetime ago. So the company had a successful search engine, obviously, but YouTube had just been acquired. DoubleClick had just been acquired. Cloud wasn't a thing. You know, I was toting my BlackBerry everywhere I went. 
And I often actually reflect on that now that I'm a couple of years out on what an incredible journey that was to be part of that growth and to be part of that evolution. It was such a gift from a career perspective. I learned so much about how to manage through change, how to manage businesses through various phases of growth. And when I think back about what attracted me to the job, it was a leap for me, but it wasn't a huge leap because I knew I could lean on my functional expertise, right? I had been working in advertising for a long time. My last job at Google was managing our large retail practice. So I knew I could tap into that. But I realized actually very quickly that the fact that I had managed and had a number of different jobs at Google, that I had led teams through various types of change, that blew my functional expertise out of the water. And side note, has been a major change in the way that I have coached and developed talent over the past couple of years, knowing how meaningful that was and my ability to be successful in this job. So first and foremost, I would say my functional expertise attracted me to the job. But even more important than that, I would say Target. Target as a brand is a brand that nurtures love and loyalty. I have been a long fan of the company. Some of my proudest moments are when my friends and family talk about experiences that they had at Target. And then I have the visibility as a business leader, right? Like I understood the culture. I understood how strong the talent was. And then you add Rondell to the mix. I got a lot of visibility in my last job at Google in terms of where the retailers were in their evolution around retail media. And I saw that Rondell was advanced. I understood that it had the tech and talent to be successful. And so in a lot of ways, it was like a career dream come true to be able to tap into my functional expertise in a brand that I love and to be able to take this business into its next phase of growth. I think. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. It's pretty extraordinary that you seem to be in the right place at the right time on a lot of those levers. I will say I've got two kids that are Gen Z and I cannot believe the retail love that they show to Target. My son was home from college this weekend. He's like, can I take the car? I'm like, where are you going? Figuring he's like going on a date. 
going to Target. A date can be had at Target. Lots of people have had dates at Target, myself included. So we will get back to that. Okay. <laughs> so my son and his girlfriend, one of their uh, Hanukkah gifts they gave to each other was they both went to Target together. They split up for an hour and they had a hundred bucks to spend to get gifts for each other. And then they put them in bags and they brought them home to my house and they had a gift swap and explained every item that they got for each other. It was so freaking adorable. Oh my gosh, what a good idea. Did they run into each other at the store or they just stayed on opposite sides of the store? They did bump into each other, but they were very like clandestine about it. Coy about it. Got it. <laughs> That's so fun. I had a different question for you, but can we just pivot for a second and talk about your data target? Well, particularly during the pandemic. That's where we would go, right? We would spend a lot of time wandering the aisles of Target. My daughters, I actually remember during that time, mm -hmm. my husband would go in the early days and he would bring his phone and like show us the merchandise from his phone and my daughters would pick out what they want. I mean, we have moments like that. My husband and I will still go there for an hour or two and just kind of wander around. So it's a very special place. I befriended the woman who would load up my trunk during pandemic. One time I only ordered two Squishmallows. Anyway, <laughs> back to the show. Oh my God. Yes. My only question to you more specifically tying to the Google Roundel connection is the time that you joined Google and saw the evolution, it's almost like there's three waves. There's the search wave, there's that social wave, which came with the combination of buying YouTube, and then there's this commerce wave. Was that a consideration as you started looking into something new and revolutionary? The truth is that there was a world where I stayed at Google forever. I loved being there. I felt fulfilled by the work. I felt challenged every day. I loved the people that I was around. I am somebody that loves to operate in change and to operate in that environment. So while it wasn't a conscious, like I must go down the commerce media route, the fact that it is an aspect of our industry that is growing so quickly and is, is, is so early in its development was certainly attractive. But it wasn't the first thing that pointed me in that direction. But it has been a wild, incredible ride over the past couple of years helping to shape the industry. Because in a lot of ways, you know, we talk about we're shaping Roundell's business and Target's position in, in retail media. But all of us, everybody that is in my position at a different retailer or is leading for a technology company, like we're building this thing. And that is one of the things that I think has brought me the most energy and joy is working with people in the community to bring a whole aspect of the industry to life. Talking about that for a second, the community around retail media, commerce media, you know, in the the industry trades and the closed doors, but in the IAB or the ANA, there has been a lot of discourse over the last two years of sort of the lack of standardization. Yep in retail media yeah. and the desire from advertisers actually for the retailers to come together and figure out how to collaborate in some way so the whole industry can scale together in terms of the way you buy, the way you measure. And curious, like, what's your perspective at Roundell in terms of the collaboration across the industry, knowing at the end of the day that your frenemies. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I'm glad you're asking it because it's one of the most important topics that we're covering as an industry overall. When you hear the word standardization, I think today we default to measurement standardization when we hear that term. And I mean, it's absolutely the top challenge that brands are facing. And we are definitely leaning in to solve that with our industry peers. And IAB has been a big support in helping us bring all of the right parties together 
other retailers, brands, tech companies, and we are leaning in to help solve that challenge along with things like privacy, transparency. You know, if I take a step back and I think about the couple of decades now almost that I've been in the industry, when you go back to when digital media started to grow in, in popularity, there were organic ways and formal ways that we reached better standardization on formats, metrics, channels. And I think the same is happening in, in retail media. It's a natural evolution for us to be taking. And we really do need to move to a place where there's a common set of standards within this industry um, as the business matures. There's no question about that. The one little spin I'd put on it is that the, the standardization is critical. We need to mature as a business. I also think it's important that we allow for flexibility to allow retailers to be able to bring their unique offering to life. You know, the core of retail is a people-based business. And we talked about this, the special place where Target sits in people's hearts. And so we can't lose the sight of the fact that there needs to be some flexibility layered on top of that standardization to let each retailer kind of bring their own magic to life. Standardization needs to be there without a doubt, but we don't want to move to a place where retail media is a sea of sameness or the entire offering is commoditized. And so what we're thinking about is making sure that we're leaning in to really set the right standardization, but also think about what that unique offering is that we can bring to market for our brand partners. Mm -hmm. The differentiator, right, at the end of the day is, is the target omni-channel shopping experience, the target loyalty. Like that obviously is something that another retailer doesn't have. Curious, given like your several years of experience in the industry going well beyond retail media and your experience at Google, so much of the future of retail media, it seems also involves offsite, the offsite partners and where you feel that's heading in terms we of We have always been a retailer that leads with a holistic off-channel, on-channel approach to the way that we think about retail media. So if you look at Roundell's offering and even going back three, four years ago, we have built a product portfolio that allows us to reach a guest wherever they are in their journey. So we, from a social offering perspective, deep partnerships, we have a strong programmatic offering with our programmatic by Roundel product, which is an offering that is a curated approach to programmatic. So we'll continue to, and I think the industry, a lot of the industry started very much on property. We've got to get the ad infrastructure in place on our website and app, and now we're moving up funnel. Roundel's in, in a, a great place in that we've always thought about it that way. I think when we think about where it goes from here, I almost think about, you asked specifically about off-channel, I think about what are those other big growing channels where retail media can have a big impact. CTV is absolutely one that comes to mind from a digital perspective off-property. The other thing that we're thinking a lot about is is how you move downstream and, and into stores, right? And the experience that that looks like for guests, the opportunity to reach guests when they're in that moment of purchase or discovery as they're roaming the aisles within the target environment. When I'm thinking about expansion beyond the obvious pieces of retail media, those are the two places that we're spending a lot of time thinking about. Totally makes a lot of sense. So pivoting to recognizing a bit of the non-existent elephant in the room, but you're passionate about elevating women in technology. The reason I say it's an elephant is just because there are three people on this podcast and we all happen to be female. Do you think this is a big deal anymore in retail media? I mean, both Rachel and I come from the advertising, the core advertising kind of world. And we saw massive change over the course of our careers in terms of advancements in equity and quality, diversity of all shapes and sizes. 
Rachel and I will tell you when we first got into the commerce space a few years ago, it was like a whole new world. But a lot has changed over the past few years. And I'm curious now that you've been here for a couple of years, yeah, are you seeing more diversity in roles? Not just gender. I'm just picking on gender because we just all happen to be female. But what do you think needs to change in the industry, if anything at all? So you mentioned that we've made progress and I agree that we've made progress, but the fact that we've made progress is no reason to stop moving forward. You talk about women as being a critical element of diversity. For a minute, I'll take that up one more level and then speak specifically about how I think about women in leadership. Wait, are you going to go to just women named Sarah? Because they're just not enough of us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I probably could. There are a lot of us. There are. And then we can just go just Sarah's with H's would be the next level down. We all know that having diverse voices at the table is how you deliver the best business results for a business. And one of the things that brings me the most joy as a leader is seeing what happens when you do that. The most obvious places that you would look is to make sure that you've got racial diversity, that you've got gender diversity on that team. But, you know, I think work styles, life experiences, bringing people together from diverse backgrounds, it's how you make business run and deliver results. And it's also how you bring happiness and joy into the workplace. So it's such a critical element of any leadership role. I think when it comes to women in leadership roles, I can't speak for the industry overall. I can speak for Target and I can speak to my own experience. Target is an organization that I didn't even realize when I came in how committed Target is to having female representation and leadership. Over half of our managers are female, 47% of our officer community, so that's our most senior leaders, VP plus, are women. And for the first time ever, actually, if you can believe it, I am working for a female leader. When I moved to Target, it was the first time ever that I've worked for a female leader. You don't even realize I'm pretty far in my career. And until that happened, I didn't realize how much it mattered to work for and be around somebody that looks like me. And my guard immediately went down. I feel like I bring more of my whole self to work. So that made a meaningful difference in how I lead and I think about my role. And I think about when you're looking to drive change, We talk a lot about the formal stuff that you need to put in place. And I think any business leader who's doing this right knows that you need to manage your efforts around diversity, equity, and inclusion like you manage any business strategy, right? You need to set goals. You need to build a strategy. You need to hold yourself and your team accountable. You got to have it as part of your annual plan. You need to have the right routines and trainings in place. I think it's just as important to have the informal stuff nailed for folks. And so for me, it's about what happens in the small moments. And particularly for women, I think, especially for women that are entering that next phase of life, they're entering motherhood, you need to hold hands with them to help them recognize what that next phase will look like. When I reflect on my own experience, I had a couple of women say the right things to me in the right moments that made all the difference in my ability to be where I am. Maybe just two quick examples. The first was from very early in my career at Google. I have two daughters, they're 10 and 13. And so I was pregnant with my my first daughter and Claire Hughes Johnson, who was a leader at Google at the time, would call women into her office and have a quick session before they went on their first maternity leave. And I remember she said to me, Sarah, balance doesn't happen in a day or in a week. There are gonna be days you give more to your family There are going to be days that you give more to your job. Balance happens over time. And you got to release the guilt and know that balance happens over time. And that 
honestly has been in the back of my head my whole career. And then I had one other moment, and this was when I was just starting to move into or consider moving into a more senior leadership role. I had two daughters at the time, and I had an executive coach who I was working with at Google, and there was a big job that opened up, and I was thinking about going for it. And I said to her, I said, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't know if I can take on a bigger job. I can't take on any more. I already have so much going on. She said, don't stop. Don't do that. Women do this. They think a bigger job means more work. It just means different work. And that little statement that she made to me, had she not made that, I wouldn't be where I am today. And so again, it's important to have the formal stuff in place, but the informal mentorship, reiterating those words of wisdom, those lessons that you've learned throughout your career, I think are just as important when you're thinking about helping to elevate women in leadership. I love those moments. So powerful. Especially, I just love that Claire was doing that with her time for all these women within Google. Curious how you're going to answer our famous last question, which is, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? You guys could ask me any question. And the question that will give me the most anxiety is one where you like force me to pin down one thing. Like, don't ever ask me who my hero is on stage or even what my favorite movie is. I can't. Something about my personality. These questions give me a lot of anxiety. But I'm going to answer your question. I will start by saying, I think I need to tap into bravery every single day in my job. Every single time I need to get on stage in front of a big audience, I need to be brave. I have conversations every week where I need to take a risk or have a difficult conversation with somebody. If I have to go to a cocktail party by myself, I feel like I need to be brave, right? And so there are all of these moments that happen in my career where I need to push myself out of my comfort zone. If I were to point to, though, I think one situation and one story that I think I I showed bravery and it made the most meaningful impact on my career, it would be going back to when I was in business school. So I was in business school at Berkeley. And obviously, in any MBA program, you do an internship in between your two years. And so during my first year, everybody, you know, you go through the scramble, all the students are trying to get interviews at various companies. Berkeley had a a system in place where they would give you a thousand points to be able to bid on interviews. And so if you didn't think your merits alone were going to get you an interview with the company, you could bid these points to try to win an interview. Most students would put 250 here, 250 there. I really wanted the internship at Google. I wanted it really bad, not just because of the company, but because the role, it was like a general management role that I thought could be a really good fit for me. And so I put all thousand points on the interview um, to just to, I knew it would buy it. Like I knew if I gave all a thousand, they would, they would have to interview me. So I bid all the points. I got the interview and I did not interview well at all. Like I walked out and you kind of, you know, you kind of know that you don't, you didn't do a great job. I walked out and I didn't interview great. A few days later, got the call, didn't get the internship. And so I went back, um, had a conversation with my husband and thought, hey, like, what's it going to hurt to be brave and bold in this moment and call them and ask to try again? And so I called them and I said, look, please give me another shot. I really want this opportunity. I think I'm a great fit. Can I interview again? And they gave me a whole new slate of interviews, fresh start, went in, took a different approach, decided not to be the big fancy schmancy MBA student that I thought I was supposed to be, just went in. I was myself 
interview differently and got the job. And obviously, like, had I not taken that moment, if I had not bid all thousand points on that interview, if I had not called back, I mean, I have absolutely no clue where I would be today. And that's been a lesson for me, like speak up for yourself in those moments, like know when you're ready. And I've had to tap into that energy a number of times throughout the last several years. So I would say that would be the one thing I would point to. And persistence, right? You weren't willing to give up. Yeah. Something tells me that even if you didn't land that job, you'd still be in the seat that you are in today. It just would have been a different path to get there. Thank you for saying that. Well, Sarah T, we're so appreciative of your time. Obviously, Roundell is one of the biggest players in the ecosystem when it comes to retail media. Sarah and I both are loyal Target shoppers, amongst other places, because this is an agnostic podcast, but Target has always had a soft place in my heart. In my family, we call it Target. Yes, as you should, as you should. I love it. And thank you. And everyone, please follow Sarah on LinkedIn. See what's going on at Roundell. I'm sure you will find her at the latest big conference. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for the time. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to explore other areas of retail media, you can go listen to a recent episode where we had analyst Andrew Lipsman onto the show who's dedicating his career to this space at this moment in time. You can also go check out Petco, hear what they're doing. You can go check out our recent episode with Albertsons. You can go into the archives and listen to folks from Walmart Connect, GoPuff, Best Buy, and more. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, tell a friend, write a review, share it on LinkedIn, and thanks for listening. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice, meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcast. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.